takes it in. The U.S. go up. What a goal from Carlos Bocanegra. Lloyd will try a long hit. What a goal from Lloyd. This is spectacular. It's hit with no regard for humanity. Is this the moment for Shakiri? Yes, it is. Switzerland and Shakiri have scored in the 90th minute. That was worth the price of admission alone. This is Soccer Matters, brought to you by the Daspit Law Firm, daspitlaw.com. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Glenn Davis. All right, welcome in, everybody. Today, Spurs with a 1-0 victory over Fulham at Fulham. Harry Kane in stoppage time. If you have not seen that goal, I would suggest you go take a look at it. It's an absolutely fantastic goal. Um, Checking back to the ball turning uh it's obviously a guy who is very clear in his knowledge of where he is in the penalty area he hits it on the turn without even looking into the lower corner by the way that equals the record of 266 goals for spurs held by the legendary jimmy greaves so uh that was the lone premier league game here today welcome into soccer matters on the horn in austin texas uh by the way we stream at hornfm.com that's also where you get the podcast of the show uh, your humble host here, Glenn Davis. As always, we are presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. And a big thank you to DaspitLawAustin.com. By the way, in need of a personal injury attorney, it is DaspitLawAustin.com, 512-865-6710. So here's what we have for you uh, tonight. This is going to be a hard-hitting, moving hour and uh, we're going to cover a number of things here. We've got some great soccer talk and interviews. Uh, if you do want to call in, 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776. If you have something to say. And by the way, if you do want to call in, I would do it in the first two segments. Uh, because our final segment of the night, we're going to bring on Brad Stuver. Uh, he's going to get us up to date on everything Austin FC down in Florida in preseason. So we're... Uh, as always, looking forward to Brad being on the show. He's uh, been a great interview, um, well, since the inception of this show now, and we're, we're going on close to two years here uh, covering Austin FC and the sport of soccer, thanks to you. A lot of um, important matches globally this past weekend. We'll take a look at some of those. Uh, we're definitely going to do a dive on Arsenal-Manchester United. Uh, and if you want to bring up an important match that you took in this weekend, that you have observations about or have thoughts and opinions, um, takes, you want to disagree with the host, you can do that too. 512-865-6710 to get on the air. Um, Off the top, all right, let me update you on a couple of things here. Um, You likely know, or you may not know, concerning Austin FC. So in the coming year in 2023, depth is going to be a real thing to keep an eye on four competitions obviously mls lamar hunt u.s open cup Concacaf champions league and the league's cup now that's a lot of competitions so again the depth of the team is going to be tested austin fc currently is in their third week of preseason the operation has now moved to orlando in florida from the img academy in bradenton They will play FC Cincinnati on Friday in a preseason friendly. They've already played one against the MLS Cup finalists, Philadelphia Union, who I would say are probably one of the MLS favorites going into 2023. 
They have found out who their group stage opponents are in the League's Cup, and that is Mazatlan and Juarez. Three key new additions. Jazzy Zardes, Leo Basenin, uh, Finnish center back. And then you picked up Adam Lundqvist, the left back from the Houston Dynamo. So let me tell you a little bit about Adam Lundqvist. Um, and you want to listen to this because there is a reason why I believe, based on his time in Houston, potentially he's going to be a lot more effective if, in fact, he locks down the starting job from John Gallagher and Jan Kolmanich. But this is a key piece. Now, he certainly can go box to box. He's got the lungs. He's got the legs. He can do that. Um, call it box to box, 18 to 18, whatever you prefer. But with a more stable midfield in Austin, his clarity of when and how to get forward is going to be a lot clearer. It will be magnified. In Houston, for him, and you could literally see this. I could see this when calling games. In Houston, it was almost like it was a gamble at times. Because you can almost put your head in his head and say, based on his aggression, it almost looks like he might be second-guessing himself because he's not sure the midfield is going to be able to hold the ball. So inconsistent midfield play, loss of possession last year with Houston really uh, affects people trying to get forward. And that's where Austin FC's uh, midfield comes in. And this will enhance Lundqvist. Um, and by the way, he asked to be moved. That was information that was put out by the Houston Dynamo. He asked for the move. They didn't really want him to go. They, they really liked him in Houston. He's been a very good servant. But he's going to be in a nice battle out wide on the left with John Gallagher and Jan Komanich. Uh Leo Vesenin, Finnish international. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. So he's important. By the way, he comes from Elfsborg in Sweden. Elfsborg, incidentally, was the former club of Adam Lundqvist. Eyes are going to be on him because the outgoing Ruben Gabrielsson, and I'm sure you would probably agree with me, he was excellent. Um, had a nice calming presence about him, had a, had an, a calm, intimidating presence about him. Great compliment for Julio Cascante. And uh, I think everybody knows the story. Uh, he's going back because of one of his children to Lillstrom. Um, Vesenin has 23 caps for Finland. Of course, that will connect him with Alexander Ring. And the partnership with him and Julio Cascante, it's going to be interesting. I don't think he, he's not in camp yet. And by the way, Johan Romagna, you need to have a say in this center back position this year. It's your time. You need to have a say in it through performance. Uh, Jossi Zardes, free agent, Galaxy, crew, at the crew, 110 appearances, hit for 54 goals. That's almost a goal every two games. It's a pretty good return. Um. He is also a system guy. He will work in the system for you, with and without the ball. 26 appearances, nine goals at Colorado, so scoring goals still. And is in the mix now with Maxi Arudi and Musa Jite, who 
you know, that gives you three very differing strikers in a lot of ways. But that's a, that's a very important signing because this position needed an addition. No, qu- no question. Uh, Matt Persano, former San Jose backup um, or, and has started at San Jose. He will come in to compete and essentially is coming in as the backup um, to one Brad Stuver. Andrew Tarbell has left for Houston. Uh, one other thing. Brad Utley was named the Austin FC 2 coach. Okay, now that's a big development now to have a proper reserve team. That's a big development. And I like the way Austin FC has gone about getting into the youth market, not coming in to try and dominate. Nice, gentle entry into it. From what I see on the outside, it's an organization that wants to work with the youth community, not dominate it. Dominating it will never work. Um, Trust me, it will never work. Uh, You don't want to be in direct competition, I think, with, with your youth soccer market. Um, there's too many bridges that can be burnt there. A five one two eight six five six seven one zero is the number for DaspitLawAustin.com. And our call in number tonight, if you have a say, is five one two four four seven ESPN five one two four four seven three seven seven six. As we stream on HornFM.com for those of you who are out on the internet highway. So I want to bring in producer Ty Henderson right now because when Ty and I were talking today and He's involved with, you know, he, he'll, he'll, he'll put a little bit down on uh, soccer matches um, when it comes to gambling. Now, you were focused on the bologna Cremonese game today in the Serie A. Ty, I want to know why, number one, why did you pick that game uh, first off? Oh, well, hey, Glenn, it's been a while. It's good to, yeah, good, good to be here for, with and, you. And we're glad you're in tonight, by the way. I appreciate it. Uh, well, I, I, I usually bet on Serie A games just because of the timing, you know, when they play out. It's usually when I get off of B&E here in the morning. The game's about starting you know, at 1130. Uh, but this one stood out to me because Cremonese was, you know, their 20th bottom of the table, haven't won in, I think, the last five matches. Um, and I, I usually just look at the odds. You know, they, they were like a plus 500 favorite or underdog, sorry. Um, and Bologna was like a, you know, a minus 120 uh, favorite, so I just you know I I don't, I don't know too much about the players on each side, but just looking at the the trends is kind of what I go off of. Yeah, so you know when you look at sports in general, and 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 you have knowledge of of all the major sports as well. When you look at sports in general, um, like let's say where would the NFL be without gambling? Let, let me just—is there a way to answer that type of a question? Um, I mean that's that's a very interesting question. I, I've because you know it's it's very recently le- like legal bes- and besides Vegas and uh, Atlantic City places like that sports betting that is um and i think now it's it's become the number one thing you see if you ever watch an nfl game an nba game even a soccer game you see all the advertisements on the field uh, during breaks and commercials with draftkings and whatnot and i i, I just think it's kind of taken over and it's only going to go further from here yeah i mean do you think there are people that specifically if it weren't for gambling, might not even be watching the NFL. And yeah, we're using the NFL yeah. as an example here. Um, I, I could see that. It's a good way to bring people into sport. I mean, I have a yeah. I have a lot of friends that didn't watch much soccer until they started, you know, dealing with a little money uh, on games, and it's made it, things very interesting. To, um, we had a conversation earlier today 
we were talking about the Liga MX and how it's one of my favorite leagues to watch because it's so fast paced, a lot of mistakes. Um, and just my friend, my one of my roommates, he recently started watching like all of the Liga MX games, and he never watched any soccer before. But he's, I was gambling on one of the games, and he took interest in that from that perspective. And he doesn't even that's, bet. That's really cool. And uh, there is there is a great nature to the uh, the um, entertainment value of of you know Liga MX. Uh, no no question about it. There's a, a U.S. men's national team call up right now. Last name Zendejas. We'll talk a little bit about him tonight. Who's doing very very well. Um, now you said the Serie A was your, your choice simply because it it fits in a time when you're able to watch it. So. You gather the data from the experts, and that's how you make your decision. Pretty much, yeah. Um, like I said, look at trends. Look at uh, today. I know Bologna had a few key pieces missing, so that you know made me worry. And they ended up drawing, so it, it was probably for that reason. But usually, trends and where the money is, because I can see where how much money and what percentage of people are betting one way or the other. And I usually like the you know zag when everyone's going one way or or whatnot. Interesting. Uh, we're talking to Ty Henderson, producer here tonight and a producer extraordinaire at the Horn in Austin, Texas. Um, if I take you into this next piece, which is, I would assume, though, if you bet on a game and you've got a you've got to bet on a game, it may not be a good game, but all of a sudden it's of real interest to, to you because you've got skin in it and you've put a bet down on a game that might look boring to a normal soccer fan, but to you, because of the way you've placed your bet or how you've placed it, it 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 is interesting. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I like to bet on the under on the goal totals a lot, and yeah. you know, usually if people that Americans in general that don't watch soccer very often think a zero zero match is not exciting, but I tell you what, it once it, if it's if it's one zero and you got a one and a half goal under, uh, that last twenty minutes when they're firing on both sides is is very stressful and it makes things interesting for sure. By the way, did you know uh, Juventus was docked 15 points on Friday? No, I was not aware of that. But I looked at the uh, table standings, and it, it looks like, what, they're middle of the pack now with that deduction? Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, just, it, it's just incredible. Now they're going to face really rough times again. Um, this was a team that was in part, a big part of the Italian Serie A scandal. They had to go down to the Serie B. Um, and the lower divisions fought their way back up. Uh, it, it's just, it's, 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 it's really stunning to me, um, especially after what they had went through. And I believe it was it's something to do with unpaid taxes or something from a financial um, perspective. So it was nothing uh, from like how they were operating within. No, like I don't think it was. Ma- it wasn't like match. Fi- yeah, I. My understanding, I think, and, and I'm going to do a little more research in the break here because I should have known this before we came on tonight, but uh, I'm going to do a little bit more break as to uh, uh, research as to why uh, this, this actually happened. Now, the Premier League, have you ever, have you ever put down a bet on the Premier League or, or yeah. Major League Soccer uh, for that point? You know, early Saturday and Sunday mornings, I, I usually get in a little bit of the Prem stuff. Um, that's where I know mostly because, like in the Serie A, I don't know as many of the players and coaches and right. the structure of teams. But in, in the Premier League, you know, at the top top teams like the Man- Manchester teams and Arsenal, Tottenham, stuff like that, I I have a better idea of how how they play, you know, style wise. Um, so I mean, it's kind of like throwing throwing darts blindfolded a lot of times for me. But it it's, it makes things interesting. I never put too much money on it or anything like that, though. And then when it comes then, to MLS, um, yeah, I. I 
you know, if the game's on TV, I'm really feeling it. But I, I do put wagers on when I go to the Austin FC games. And it, yeah, not that I need any more excitement because, you know, that's a great environment there at Q2, but definitely makes things more interesting. Yeah, no question about it. The environment there uh, is one of the best. I think it was voted by opposing players or in some poll that it was the best environment in the league. And if you're an Adam Lundquist and you're making a move to that environment, that's another thing that's very, very appealing is that you're going to be playing in front of a sold-out house uh, game in and game out. So good stuff there. Um, Do we want to take a break right now and then come back and maybe talk some uh, Manchester United-Arsenal? That was a big one on the weekend. We can talk some Real Madrid. Do you think we should take a break here, Ty? Yeah, sure, that works. All right, let's do that. We'll take a break here. We're going to come back, as I mentioned, Going to break down Arsenal-Manchester United. I'm going to uh, go into a couple of teams, though, and managers, including Arsenal and United, where, where managers have done a remarkable job of turning things around. Uh, so we're going to do a bit of talk on that. Uh, we will also talk about a number of other things going on in the world game as well. Uh, Big-name coach ousted. Uh, something very sad uh, coming out of Atlanta United and uh, a number of different things when it comes to the coverage of the game in the country. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, brought to you by DaspitLawAustin.com. Give them a call, 512-865-6710. All right, uh, John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. Personal injury attorneys, you get in an accident, nobody wants to. Could be a car, boat, motorcycle accident. Maybe you work construction. I don't know. Plenty of people driving 18-wheelers. If you need representation, you need the best. It is the Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLawAustin.com, 512-865-6710. John and his firm, they're going to take your case. They're going to work 24-7, nights and weekends for you, and get you the compensation that you deserve. And by the way, we had a great time, uh, thanks to DaspitLawAustin.com, with our World Cup updates. Everybody at the station, by the way, a big thank you to everybody who was involved with that during the World Cup. It was a lot of fun, was able to get on um, B&E in the morning, um, you know, and all the different shows throughout the day. So a big, big thanks to uh, Chad and Ty and everybody at the station for, for uh, really going all in on the World Cup because it was uh, on the field, a fantastic World Cup. All right, we'll take a break. This is Soccer Matters on the Horn in Austin, Texas, brought to you by DaspitLawAustin.com. Rashford. Good footwork. Rashford has a go. Brilliant. Oh, what a strike. Marcus Rashford, absolutely sensational. The goal of a man brimming with confidence. And United strike first at the Emirates. Yes, he is brimming with confidence. It is a new Manchester United under Eric Ten Hag. And as I've mentioned on the show before, they needed bold leadership, and I, and I do believe that uh, pasting that Manchester City put on United in the Mancurian Derby earlier in the year, that accelerated Eric Ten Hag into having to make some really difficult decisions and really get clear on getting rid of Cristiano Ronaldo or figuring out the path to move that circus on. Also, the benching of uh, Harry uh, Maguire, who now, you know, nobody's even thinking about with the partnership with Varane and uh, Lissandro Martinez, who, by the way, had his first ever goal in a United jersey. Um, so that was the Marcus Rashford goal. Ultimately, Arsenal would win this 3-2, to two, and it was a big, big test. Uh, welcome back. Soccer Matters here, presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLawAustin.com. Um, 
I'm going to get back to Manchester United and Arsenal in a minute here, but I did want to just remind everybody as we went to break, I mentioned that I was going to look up what happened with uh, Juventus. I knew it was an accounting thing, but it says here, the Italian Football Federation announced on Friday evening that Juventus had been deducted 15 points for financial irregularities and false accounting in relation to historic transfer dealings. So the exchange of uh, the exchange of players between clubs. So, Ty, you you were on it. I knew it was an accounting thing, um, and it's obviously been tied to transfer dealings. So you you nailed that one pretty easily. Um, Fifteen points. That's, that's a lot, lot of points. Of, that's a lot of points. Um, that is. They'll probably a good still. Bet. They'll they'll be able to avoid relegation though. They'll you avoid relegation, that, but they will be out of the Champions League money likely. So. Um, I mean, we'll see, but <laughs> Champions League money is where it's at um, these days. All right, so let's um, let's get back to Manchester United Arsenal. That was the high-profile Premier League game on the weekend. So it's Arsenal three to two. They win in the 90th minute. This was really positioned as a big test for Arteta and Arsenal against United. By the way, United is the only team to have beaten Arsenal this year. Arsenal. Dominated possession, 25 to 6 in shots, 12 corners to 4. That gives you a little bit of a glimpse data-wise into who was controlling and pushing the match, okay? And, and you know me, data is important to a point. Um, the eye test is important. Watching a game is important. Uh, watching how things develop. I see a lot of people putting up things on Twitter with the analytics of the performance of a player. And you look at the analytics and you go, wow, he must have had a great game. And then you, you will have watched the game and you'll realize the two don't mesh um, sometimes. So 58% possession in favor of the Gunners. So Marcus Rashford, you heard the goal call, scores a fantastic goal in the 17th minute. Quickly responding, about six, seven minutes later, Niketia. Now, Niketia was a big, big question mark because he's taking over for the injured Gabriel Jesus, or Jesus, if you listen to the English commentators, who got hurt at the World Cup. So 1-1 at the half. 53rd minute, Saka with a remarkable hit. And when you looked at the, the replay, you saw that right before... He hits this thing with immense power. And I mean, it jumps off his left foot. Cutting in from the right. Right before he hits it, you get a really clear picture of the body weight of goalkeeper David De Gea moving to his left. So he's basically on his left foot and there's no way he can get back to his right. And this thing hits the corner. Fantastic goal. Two to one, Arsenal fans are going nuts. It's at Arsenal. And then, 59th minute, Lissandro Martinez, World Cup winner for Argentina, gets his first ever goal for Manchester United. It's tied. That is until the 90th minute, Niketia gets the winner in dramatic fashion. He picks up a pair. This is answering the question of Jesus' absence. Now, United went into this one missing my opinion, one of the best holding midfielders in the game in Casemiro. Um, 
the table now has Arsenal on 50, uh, City on 45, Newcastle United both on 39 points. Arsenal have developed. Let's face it. They got, they got rid of a lot of dead wood. They had a very, very jellyfish type backbone before Arteta got here. Arteta was, you know, fans wanted him out in the beginning because they weren't getting immediate results. I mean, fans are pretty incredible from the standpoint of what they want and how fast they think they deserve it and should get it. Um, Rashford, um, and this was from the Manchester Evening News, Marcus Rashford put a Twitter out at 7.34 p.m. after the game with a quote, let's stay positive. The thing is, earlier, manager Eric Ten Hag, ETH, had spoken, and this is where great leadership and management comes in, of saying that he wanted more from his team against Arsenal, he denied player excuses, um, and he actually took a shot at Manchester United and their discipline and mentality. And those moments when you pick to hammer a team, United's been playing well. He could easily have, you know, written it off and positioned it very differently. But he hit hard. Questioned the discipline, questioned the mentality, not accepting excuses. And then he was quoted as saying, quote, you can't give such a goal away like we did at the top level. You can't win trophies that way. You also have to notice today, we have a long way to go to be at the top level. So he used the word top level over and over and over again. This is a guy that wants more. He's not content. He's not content. And again, I'm going to go back to some of those early losses. There was a 4-0 loss to Southampton where he took him on a, a long, brutal run on what was supposed to be a day off. This was a Manchester United that was comfortable. And it had a lot of coaches prior tiptoeing around issues, including Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I believe. And I think Eric Ten Hag was wading into this gently. But I think the fact that they got a beatdown from their city rivals early in the season, that backed him against the wall, and he had to react, and he's reacted in a great way. Now, Arsenal, on the other hand, under Arteta, phenomenal. Did you ever think Martin Odegaard was that good as a playmaker? <laughs> this is a different man. Thomas Partey, clearly one of the best holding midfielders in the league. Niketia living up to it. Um, this is a team that's hitting all cylinders. And by the way, right now have a better record than the Invincibles at this stage. Long way to go. For United, I like Lissandro Martinez's performance. I mean, I just think that pairing between him and Varane is where it's at. I don't think they have enough depth. That might have shown in this game. I think some might have questioned Eric Ten Hag for not bringing on Garnacho a little bit earlier. David De Gea. Did make one really huge save, but he did look a bit shaky. Did not look good on what was a great hit from Saka. Uh, was, was caught positionally. Juan Basaka got blindsided at the far post for one of the goals. Um, Rashford's great hit gives him nine goals in nine games. He seems to be on the rise. So 
there are two teams with two managers who are doing very, very good things. All right, Black Crows. Real sad. Anton Walks, player for Atlanta United, passed away in a boating accident in Miami. Tons of tremendous testimony coming in for him. SB Nation shutting down a lot of the MLS NWSL coverage. Um, look, this show, 27 years we've been pushing and telling people about the importance of local coverage. Um, so, Kylian Mbappe had five for PSG in a match against a non-league team in the French Cup. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with uh, goalkeeper extraordinaire. What a story he is. Brad Stuber's going to come back. We're going to get a report from Austin FC's preseason in Florida. Uh, you are listening to Soccer Matters on the Horn in Austin, Texas, presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. It's DaspitLawAustin.com, 512-865-6710. Listen to the stylings of the Black Crows. Final segment tonight here on the Horn in Austin, Texas, is always presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. It's DaspitLawAustin.com. And uh, we all know Austin FC preparing for the 2023 Major League Soccer season. Pleased to be joined. Last year, eight shutouts. Uh, you know him well in goal. He is Brad Stuver. Brad, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me back on. I think you are our leading uh, guest on the show when it comes to appearances, and we appreciate that immensely. So thanks for that. Nice. I'll take that title. You got it. Um, just take us into preseason. Um, it's another go round. It's always a differing time getting prepared. Maybe just give us some insight into what's going on. Yeah, preseason has been good. Uh, it's good to have the guys all together and uh, kind of back in the swing of things. Uh, this is the first time as a club that we've been able to venture away from Austin and kind of get away for preseason. So uh, that's been fun. A lot of a lot of team bonding, a lot of time around the guys and uh, trainings have been good. Weather's been good. So no complaints. Uh, going away from home since it is the first time. And obviously a lot of guys are married. They have family. Give us the pros and cons maybe to that. Uh, some of the pros for the guys that have kids is they actually get their own bed and they kind of get a little <laughs> bit more sleep. Uh, cons are that our families are without us and, uh, it's a little tough for them to go through their day to day without the guys. But, uh, a lot of us have been in the league for a long time and um, short trip, 10 days, 12 days. Uh, we'll be back in Austin and uh, just good to get away, good to be around each other and uh, gives us a little bit more time here in preseason to kind of hammer home some ideas that we want to take into the, the regular season. Austin FC goalkeeper Brad Stuver joining us here tonight. You know, uh, there is a theory out there that that people say every club every year has to make a big signing or two and has to bring in some fresh faces just to keep things alive, despite their success in the prior season. Do you get that sense with some of the new signings? I know uh, 
Leo Vasinen isn't in camp yet, but the, the likes of Jossie Zardis, Adam Longfist. Yeah, I mean, every year you're going to lose some players. You're going to you're going to bring in some players, and it's all about um, how can you take what you did last year and make it better. Um, not every year is going to be the same. You're never going to have the same personnel year over year. Just the nature of what MLS is and salary cap league. Um, but for us, it's just kind of integrating the new guys and um, seeing how their strengths are going to help us and kind of take everything we learned about ourselves last year and uh, continue to make ourselves better. You know, I've taken you into this category before and with this question, but I'm going to ask you again. And in year one, despite the fact the results might not have been there, I saw I saw things being put in place. I, I You know, I've seen teams that year one, the results aren't there. They aren't putting things in place. So it looked like there were platforms, building blocks, tactics being implemented. You could see something distinct and clear. Um, after that came to fruition last year, um, when you reflect back, did, did you get the sense that was coming in year two that, you know, personnel changes, understanding the tactics and system, it was beginning to really come together? Yeah, I think as players, we were kind of, uh, sorry, we're in it every day. Year one, we definitely like went through some some rough spots, but we took the the deliberate time to learn a style of play and the culture that we wanted to um, kind of have here as Austin FC. And credit to Josh and the rest of the staff for putting those building blocks in place and not just um, searching out what was going to work in the short term and not really thinking about the long term. So I think everything we did last year just kind of validates the idea that we are putting in place a system that will sustain over the years to come. And now that we've had uh, a little bit of a success last year, uh, we definitely have the sense that we did the right thing by building that up. And now it's just about how can we take that and continue to improve, um, mitigate some of the mistakes we la- we made last year and uh, go a little bit farther this year. One more game, hopefully. If I were to ask you what were so, an area or two that you would like to improve as a team, what what might that be? Well, I'm a goalkeeper. I'll always say that I want to give up less goals. I want to have more shutouts. Uh, but I was super proud to be part of, uh, last year's team. I mean, we scored 65 something goals in the regular season. And that was something going into the year. We knew that we needed to put the ball in the back of the net. Um, but I'm a goalkeeper. I like shutouts. I'll just, I'll stick with that. I I would love to see more shutouts this year. Listen, we like watching Austin FC. I, I, it's one of my teams that I want to watch in Major League Soccer because of the way they play. You guys take risk. It makes it exciting. It makes it entertaining. Yet you pretty much know you're going to get called into action game in and game out because of the way that you play. Is that a fair statement? We do take a little bit. Um, it's more of a calculated risk playing out of the back. Not every team in our league or in the world plays the way that we do. Um, but we do understand that with the way that we play, it does add a little bit of risk to it, but it also, the benefits that we see from it, um, inside of our group and the way we play and, um, just the cumulative effect of how we play and how it wears down a team over 90 minutes. Um, we saw the rewards of what it did last year, and I hope that everybody understands that that's the whole idea it's not to put ourselves under more pressure it's to wear the other team down make them uh, deal with an extra player so um 
for me. I love the way we play. Uh, I do want to see more shutouts, but I think everyone everyone would say that as well. But um, I'm excited. Reminder, Brad had eight shutouts, or if you would prefer clean sheets last year. And clean sheets are something goalkeepers love, as he's telling us. Um, your contract extension, obviously, we've documented on this show, Soccer Matters, many, many times. The amazing story that gets you to this point to be a starter in Major League Soccer persistence, self-belief, all the things that we've talked about before. So uh, uh, congratulations on your contract extension. What does that mean to you personally? Uh, it's it's everything that I could have hoped for. Um, coming down to Austin, I knew that I was going to be in competition to be the starter. And looking back on the first two years, uh, I'm very happy with the progression that I've made as a player. I'm very happy with the progression that the, the club has made in general. And I could not be more excited um to be here for another three four years and um we love austin uh we love austin fc and uh we want to win championships here so i'm glad i'm around for a while prime of your career too you're timing this uh perfectly so you know when i look back into your bio uh before and freshening myself up for the interview I saw that you were a goalkeeper coach at Ohio Wesleyan during your time when you were with the Columbus crew, but having been in player development myself and, and understanding how that enhanced my career as a broadcaster coaching, I'm wondering if coaching points and working with those goalkeepers back then, did, did you take anything away from that as far as helping you play the position or think about the position? Yeah, I think it's always good to put yourself on the other side of things. And um, I mean, we're constantly coaching each other. So like all the goalkeepers are kind of coaching each other. We see the game a little bit differently. Um, I think that experience helped me understand that I needed a way to teach what I was doing. And it made me truly understand why I was doing it. Um, for me, being able to pass on that knowledge to some of the younger guys and kind of tell them, my trials, tribulations, and kind of what, how I see the game is a way for me to connect with them. And then they kind of tell me theirs. So it's always goalkeeper core is always close. And uh, we always kind of bounce ideas off of each other. So, um, I mean, I think the coaching aspect definitely helps kind of bounce ideas around and it makes us all better. I would have thought you'd be good at it because you're obviously a very well-smoking guy. You got, you're a wordsmith. You you can definitely communicate. Uh, we know that. That's a vital part of it. All right. Off the field, how much goes into your preparation, you know, for game day on the weekend? In other words, you know, give some insight into the way you're thinking away from the field, away from the training sessions. Do you detach? Are you still connected? How does that work for Brad Stuver? So I detach for the most part. Um, when I go into the facility, uh, my full focus is on soccer. My full focus is on video, um, gym, nutrition, uh, on the field stuff. But when I leave the facility, I try and turn my brain off and I go home, enjoy my family. I enjoy my time at home with my dog. Um, and especially on game day, I, I don't do really, I don't do any soccer on game day until the very, uh, the very, close window before the match. I don't even think about soccer very much. Uh, I just kind of want to detach and keep my mind fresh. And then as soon as, uh, as soon as I get there, I kind of flip the switch and 
full focus. Because it is interesting. The other end of the spectrum is you hear goalkeepers who can't turn it off. They're going home. They're watching video, um, you know, these crazy hours. Um, so it is very interesting to hear the way you approach it. All right. With four competitions, uh, Major League Soccer, Lamar Hunt, U.S. Opens, Open Cup, Champions League, Leagues Cup. How do you feel you guys are positioned for the overwhelming nature of four competitions? Yeah, it's going to be a lot of games. Uh, we're very excited to qualify for all these competitions, but we know that it's going to take uh, it's going to take every player on the roster. It's going to take numbers. It's going to take depth. It's going to take uh, a lot of recovery and preparation for all of these games. But I think we've uh, put ourselves in a good spot. We showed last year that we had the ability to rotate guys, and I think this year more than ever you'll see a lot of players stepping up in big ways and. Uh, I'm excited to, to see the depth that we have. Do you get the sense in preseason as maybe you're glancing around at everybody working that maybe some of the younger guys and even some of the younger foreign players might be on the, you know, the the fringe or the edge of maybe a breakout season? Yeah, it's always interesting to see new faces and young guys kind of come in in preseason and see the work that they put in in the offseason to get themselves uh, in a spot where they can be better than they were last year. Uh, I'm very excited to see these guys. They know that going into this year, they're going to have opportunities and chances to play significant minutes in different competitions. So that kind of changes their mindset a little bit because um, they know that they need to be extra ready. Obviously in a regular season, everyone needs to be ready, but this gives them that added incentive that they know they're going to be playing. So uh, I'm excited. And I guess we'll just wait and see when we get in those moments uh, who takes on that uh, that burden and that chance to come out and shine. To tag on the end of that, obviously, to you to get to this point where now you're a regular, you're a starter, uh, you've won the job, you've got the contract extension. You had a lot of years where you were behind people and you had to go to practice with some sort of an attitude that said, I'm a first team player in your head, right? In order to compete and take out of training what you could. I mean, what would be your advice to young players when it comes to that? Because you did that for a long time period. Yeah, that would be, that would exactly be what my advice would be. I would tell everybody that no matter whether you're number one on the depth chart, number 30 on the depth chart, you have to go into training every day. Like you're going to be starting on the weekend. It's a tough mental exercise doing that and then not getting the game minutes on the weekend, but that is what is going to make good players. Great. They're going to prepare themselves like the starters and that attitude will take them so much farther in their career. And um, they'll really see the benefit of preparing themselves like a starter every week. Much like you are fighting to be a starter, you got to fend off the challenge. I mean, do you go every day going, I got to earn my job and remind people I'm the number one every day, despite the fact that you're a regular starter? Yeah, for me, that that mentality doesn't change. You have to show up every day. It doesn't matter who you are. You have to come to work every day and prove that you are the guy to be selected on game day. Um, everyone has the ability to grow as a player and get better at different things. And um, no one is ever satisfied with what they've done. Um, there's always something more that you could be doing. There's uh, another objective that you need to hit as a player uh, even guys like Messi and Ronaldo, those guys haven't done everything they've wanted in a career and they 
have accomplished a lot, but you still see them pushing for more and wanting to get that next trophy, that next individual award, that next whatever it is. So every player, regardless of age, salary, um, years in the league, like you just need to come in, put your head down, work and be the best you can be because that obviously uh, makes the team a better, better fit. Brad, last one before we let you go again. Thank you so much for joining us in preseason. Um, Josh Wolf had mentioned and was quoted as saying, we're not going to sneak up on anyone this year. Um, how do you respond to that? What does that make you think about? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to sneak up on people when you went to the Western Conference final last year. Um, I think there was a lot of talk last year because of what our 2021 season looked like. Um, this year, we're coming off a very different year. We're coming off a very good year where we did a lot of good things. We showed the league that we weren't the team that we were in 2021. So now more than ever, I think we're the ones that are going to have a little bit of a target. Teams are going to look at us and be like, okay, they were the Western Conference finalists last year. They were second in the West in the regular season. They're the ones that we need to knock down in order to get to where they were. So for us, it's more about um, taking that on, knowing that we are going to be the ones that everyone is hunting. And we kind of have to use that mentality as we need to continue that. We need to continue to be the hunted. We need to be the ones that are going to be on top, even though other people are going to be trying to knock us off the hill. Um, so it's a little bit different mentality, but uh, we're up for the challenge. Brad, as always, thank you very much for coming on. We'll let you get back to uh, getting prepared for the 2023 season. Thanks, as always. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. All right, that's Brad Stuver here on the Horn in uh, Austin, Texas. And a big thank you to Cam Kubek of Austin FC for helping arrange that interview with Brad Stuver on the road. That does it tonight here for Soccer Matters on the Horn. Remember, it's always presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm, 512-865-6710. Daspit Law, Austin. Dot com. You can hit us up on Twitter and on Instagram at Soccer Matters GD. That does it for tonight. I'm Glenn Davis. Until next week. Shake your